This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome to another edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. This is a unique podcast. Uh, most every week uh, uh, is available to you wherever you get podcasts. If the, this is the first time you've discovered us, uh, we are Rick and Bubba. We also uh, co-host um, a uh, weekly program that is uh, Monday through Friday. You can find all the details by going to rickandbubba.com, as if today was just not enough. Uh, so, uh, But this is a unique podcast, uh, and we talk to guests. We take letters from you, the audience. Uh, A.J. Rice is our guest today. Now, A.J., uh, he has been a mover and a shaker, but he, one of these guys that kind of stays behind the scenes, Hey, I'm back here. I'm lurking in the shadows. Uh, and then he began to walk out into the limelight, uh, by, by writing books and putting out books, his latest, the woking dead, how society's Vogue <laughs> virus destroys our culture. It is a topic that is being talked about all over America. What has happened to our society, and then the bigger question, and is there anything we can do to right this ship? Uh, so A.J. Rice uh, has uh, been kind enough to join us on this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. So A.J., welcome to Rick and Bubba University. Gentlemen, it's great to be here. You know, I, I got to tell you, you guys are broadcast legends, um, you know, so it's really an honor. It's a, definitely an honor to be here. And with the Woking Dead, you know, wandering through the South, it's a target-rich environment. AJ, you know, we've talked about this a lot. I, there's so much about the woke movement yeah. that I just cannot understand. I guess maybe it's because I think logically, but like in the in the cases of of these district attorneys that won't prosecute uh, criminals, put them right back out on the street without bail. I never really thought it was a political issue for someone to want crime to be all over the place in their neighborhoods. Can you explain to me what their thought process is in this? Well, there's a micro thought process and then there's the big picture. And the big picture is there a lot of these district attorneys and, you know, Supreme Court justices that are at the state Supreme Court level or county court level around the country it dawned on a lot of big money left wing guys uh, that rather than spending all their money on Senate races that may flop, governor's races or presidential races that may flop. And, you know, some of these names, you know, like Soros and others, um, they decided to spend their money locally, which is working. They're getting these district attorneys out. Um, They're doing it for a couple reasons. Some of it is what I would probably call white guilt, you know, um, where they think through different philosophies that are taught at, you know, woke universities that, you know, different people, different ethnic groups haven't been given a fair shake. But if you take the broader view of what, why, you know, wokeism exists and in the form of what you just said, the goal, I believe, has always been to destroy the middle class. 
And, you know, it's kind of a two-pronged thing. Erase Western civilization, destroy the middle class. So if you, if you turn criminals loose, um, if you don't want to prosecute, if you, you know, if you're, t- you know, soft on crime, soft on homelessness, you create chaos. And then in that chaos, you can provide the cure um, with radical reforms. It's the old, you know, Rahm yeah. Emanuel, never let a crisis go to waste. Right. That is one of the reasons why they do what they do. But the scary thing is this, guys. They're not just in the judicial systems of a county or a municipality, a borough council, or, you know, trying to get people on you know, school boards and so on. It, it is going into something that, that I've actually been working on uh, recently. Um, and, it, and I preview it a little bit in the book, and it may end up in a future book. And that is this. Big money left wing guys like George Soros are going around and they are trying to get their people, other sort of philanthropic, you know, left wing, you know, uh, characters, some of which are American, some aren't. They're trying to get them on the boards um, or the councils or the oversight committees of a lot of our um, national heritage sites. So I live in Virginia, very close to the swamp. But within, a, within an hour or two hours, I can get to George Washington's house, I can get to George Mason's house, I can get to James Madison's house, and I can get to Monticello, Thomas Jefferson's house. Now, what they're doing there, it's the same thing they're doing with trying to get these district attorneys to be sort of left-wing characters. They're stacking the board with their people, and they're voting on basically, because look, it's not a Robert E. Lee's James Madison's house, they can't bulldoze like they could, you know, Stonewall Jackson or someone like that. So instead of destroying it from the outside, they destroy it like termites from the inside. They get on the board and then they start voting to change American history. So when you go take a tour of James Madison's house in Orange County, Virginia, um, it's filled with left wing woke stuff. Now, the New York Post and the Daily Mail have reported on this. Very few people know this is going on. I'm about, I'm sitting about 20 miles from Madison's house. I've gone down there, guys, you'll get a kick out of this, as sort of a fake left-wing uh, student and, and really gotten them to tell me some crazy stuff. And what's amazing is you could go through a whole hour tour of Madison's house and the Constitution, gentlemen, doesn't show up till like the last five minutes. The Bill of Rights doesn't show up till the last five minutes. Uh, they, you know, it's over there to the side. It's a side issue. So that's what they're doing. They're doing it everywhere. It's not just it's not just the Civil War. They're coming for all of it. So, you know, you know, gird your loins because this is going to be going on for a while and we have to fight. OK, and let me let me follow up on that. So if ultimately the goal of, of a lot of these folks are destroy Western civilization and be in power, that's also, I know, something they crave, be in power. Well, if I am king and my kingdom is just a bunch of crap, what have I gained? Well, you gain power over a giant group of people that are now powerless. Because if there's no middle class and there's just you know a peasant class and a ruling elite, that is pretty much how, you know, every Marxist, you know, country was set up in the last century. I mean, look, wokeism comes in a lot of flavors, kind of like Baskin and Robbins, right? There's cancel culture. There's this talk about the patriarchy. There's CRT and the 1619 Project. 
at the core of all of it, though, it's is cultural Marxism, because right. when 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 Marxists came to the United States, the turn of the last century, I think it dawned on them that our strong middle class was not they weren't going to get a workers revolution. They weren't going to get a bunch of bricklayers and plumbers and oyster fishermen to overthrow the government. Right. That wasn't going to happen. So they needed someone else. Well, where did they look? They looked to academia, the newspapers, the silent picture industry, Broadway, early radio, and they infiltrated. And obviously the Democrat Party welcomed them in, Woodrow Wilson, Margaret Sanger, and others. So if you fast forward 100 years, these are kind of the characters we're fighting today. We're fighting teachers unions. We're fighting Hollywood. We're fighting the media. It's the same characters. The only difference, of course, is they have something that they didn't have 100 years ago, and that is big tech. Big tech kind of protects them, right? It kind of shields them. It deplatforms people. It demonetizes people. It shadow bans people. So, so the goal was always to, to strip mine our you know, culture. You got to get rid of George Washington and Columbus and Churchill. And then at the core of it, the middle class. If you look at Vietnam or you look at the Soviet Union or you look at Cuba, in most of those places, there was no middle class, and it was a peasant revolt overthrowing either a, a colonial power or right. a corrupt, you know, gangster family like right. Batista in Cuba. That's what they did, and it, it worked in those places. So they've got to go about it differently here. So they they they're in the university, and it, so the funny thing is, it <laughs> used to be it wasn't until you got to graduate school that you got all the crazy stuff, right? right. You got the gender studies and the and the the uh, black supremacy studies and so on. But now, guys, it is trickle down wokeism. It is a trickle up. It's basically they're they're going in there at kindergarten level now. Right. Um, you, you know, they're not waiting for you to go to college. You know, you, you send your kids away to college. Right. They come back November, Thanksgiving, the first semester, and they hate their parents and they're all Right. They're all reading. They're all reading Nietzsche and Marx and you know, right. wearing wearing black and hiding in the basement. No, no, no. <laughs> they're getting them early now, gentlemen. Yeah, they're no. coming for them early. There, there's no doubt about that. And you really lay out in the book that what we really have now is once Obama went into power and, and that was the first real candidate that truly found a way to motivate the young vote. And you lay out in the book. In the past, people looked at the young vote and said, yeah, they're powerful, but they're too fickle. They're too lazy. Don't always show they, up. They won't follow yeah. through. But right. Obama's campaign actually got them to follow through. And, of course, we know how they did that. It was brilliant. They presented a candidate that you couldn't debate. If you said, I'm not a socialist, they go, no, what you really are is a racist. No, I'm against his socialist view. I'm against his revisionist attitude of our American history. No, you're not. You really, at the core, you hate him because he's black. And, uh, and then, and, and you're like, no. And then you, and it just, it made, you could not have a debate. And Absolutely. so, and so, and, and then they told all the young people, would you like to make history? They didn't care what his policies were. Uh, they thought, and I can understand that this will finally rid America of its great sin of slavery and racism. And we're all in. So, he, the inspiration of the Obama years, no matter what his policies were, you were euphoric for a generation of young people. And sure. your point is what's happened now is they've grown up and now, yes. and now they're adults, but they're still tied to that movement. 
and they're and they're doing it again or trying to do it again with with what is now wokeism and and uh, we'll come back and talk about it because you also discuss in the book Trump came in and kind of disrupted this euphoria and we'll talk about how he was defeated even though it by all accounts America had taken a turn and had become stronger again uh, and you you document that quite well uh, so we'll come back and we'll talk about what happened when Trump came in to disrupt this and and how ultimately was he removed and is there any hope that this can be turned back in a more positive direction because we're, we're talking to people every day there's almost a little bit of it's too far gone yeah. and, and we'll discuss that when we come back more with aj rice when rick and bubba university the podcast continues this episode is brought to you by shopify do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real pos you need shopify for retail from accepting payments to managing inventory Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This is the Rick and Bubba Show. Watch more at blazetv.com slash Rick and Bubba. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. AJ Rice is our guest. The book, The Woking Dead. Uh, how society's Vogue virus destroys our culture. It's been at the top of Amazon's book list several times. We, we, we laid out going to the break what you said happened with Obama. I think we all agree with that. But Trump came in and pulled off this unexpected victory. Talk about that and then how they finally successfully removed him. Well, look, I mean, first let's address Obama. So yeah. Obama was almost like a perfect composite to hypnotize yeah. the youth in you know the late 2000s there i mean he they thought they were voting for the cool guy they thought they were voting for will smith before the slap yeah <laughs> um, and, and you know i mean you know he had the he has the the wife you know they're, they're like the huxtables got the two beautiful daughters and you're right he was teflon and it's interesting i've been doing some research recently about some of this and it's amazing guys when you go back and you look at all if you just google the phrase post-racial America, mm-hmm. NPR, the New York Times. I mean, all of our favorites there are here on the Rick and Bubba show. You know, mm-hmm. they they all were saying that a new dawn is here. The chosen one has arrived, right? It's like He's like Neo from The Matrix. He, <laughs> he is the one. And he's going to take us. He's going to rebaptize us, get us away, like you said before, from our original sin. And we're going to go to the promised land with Michelle and Barack and David Axelrod and racism will be gone. And what's funny is they played a two pronged strategy with yeah, us. They did. Although the media said that um, Obama kind of midwifed the black lives matter movement through the Trayvon Martin th- debacle and some of the other things that happened during his presidency. But, but, but the reality is Obama doesn't get elected handily twice I mean, he's got he ran against against two stiffs, but at the same time, you know, white people had to vote for him. I mean, African-Americans only make up like twelve point five percent of the vote. So he was able to do some things. And and, and as a Gen X guy, he comes out of the 
sort of alienation milieu. And if you go through his books, my God, oh, I, mean, I don't recommend it. Yeah. But if you go through it, he talks a little bit about this. Um, but the goal was to sort of move the goalposts. You know, people talk about the Overton window. I don't want to I don't want to bore the audience. But basically, let's talk football. Basically, move the goalposts to start. Yeah. Let's if the wokeism's 100 yards. Let's now let's get it, you know, to the 50 yard line by the end of my eight years. Trump comes in like an iconoclast. And I truly believe he got elected because Hillary was the most unlikable woman in 100 years. Right. And and trade. He was talking to those blue collar Democrats and, and blue collar workers that have been ignored, even to some degree by George W. Bush. They had hadn't heard from the Republican Party since Reagan. The China stuff, you know, people see China as a threat. It's real. Um, so trade and China, um, but political correctness. Trump was the anti-political <laughs> correctness guy. Yeah. Um, and we knew him. We knew the way he talked. We heard him on Howard Stern and we saw him on The View and we saw him fighting Rosie O'Donnell. We saw him on The Apprentice. He had been around a long time. So this, you know, we kind of knew his shtick. And then this took it to another level. So Trump kind of stopped, plugged the dam on CRT and cancel culture and wokeness and, and a few other things. And he, he, he still remains uncancelable. They'll arrest them 50 times and they'll, 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 <laughs> yeah. they'll raid Melania's underwear drawer and Mar-a-Lago. And they're doing everything they can to stop him, humiliate him. And none of it works. None of it has worked. You know, some of our friends on in the media have said there's only one thing they haven't tried, which I'm not going to get into here. Your audience can use their imagination. Um, I think RFK Jr. was talking about his uncle about it uh, a couple yeah. nights ago yeah. so, right. or last week. So, so look. That's what Trump did. So he took it, pushed it maybe back to the 25-yard line, right? But when you have an activated youth, internet-using group of voters that don't have to get up, they sleep till noon, they, they major in, you know, underwater lesbian basket weaving in college, and they're disgruntled, they're told, you vote for me, I'm going to forgive your student loans. Um, they were at now I'm a millennial, I'm an old millennial, a geriatric millennial, but a millennial nonetheless. And I'll tell you, you know, the, the, the middle-aged millennials, the younger ones, these Gen Z characters, which are very different than even us, they were all motivated to vote for Biden and Biden didn't even have to be cool like no, Obama. He didn't have to show up on Monday night football. He didn't have to show up at WWE, you know, E Smackdown. Monday Night Raw or whatever. He didn't show up anywhere. He didn't have to hang out with Jay-Z and Beyonce. He had to basically sit in the basement in Delaware, drool into his tapioca pudding, and, <laughs> and apparently win the election that way. So the basement strategy worked. So now they've perfected this. Obama gave them style and showed really how to activate voters with technology. And now... Whether it's John Fetterman, whether it's Joe Biden, Fetterman's the uh, the guy from oh, yeah. the Goonies yeah. movie. No, he's the he's the junior <laughs> senator from Pennsylvania now that beat uh, Dr. Oz. Yeah, yep. Um, you know, handily, which is and I'm from Philadelphia, guys. I'm sure you can hear. I don't know what the heck happened there. <laughs> and you had this woman in Arizona who beat Carrie Lake. She never left the basement either. She never debated her. So they see now they have a blueprint. This can work. 
We don't have to do anything. We don't have to debate. We don't have to leave the basement. We can just run up the score with early voting in some of the states that we need. And the Republican Party's got to get with it, guys. They got to get with it. They're, 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 you know, they're, they're playing, you know, two-hand touch and the Democrats are playing tackle football with no helmet on, you know? They're doing like what, what Concrete Charlie did to uh, Frank Gifford, laying them out, right? right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's what they're doing to us. And they got to get with it. You know, that's the rules. And, and, and they need to change. I mean, it sounds like Trump and DeSantis and some others understand that. So that's a good thing, you know? But we're always playing last year's game, you know? And it's just, we're playing defense on our heels. And in a lot of ways, it gets pathetic. Hopefully, you know, with people in the media, shows like this and others, your callers, your listeners, your viewers, get out there, you know, pound the pavement and tell them they got to get with it. You can't just wait till election day, unfortunately. You know, we're so proud of ourselves. We vote on election day like it's like it's worth two votes. It isn't. So 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 apparently we got to vote early and vote often, just like the Democrats. Uh, so let me ask you this, AJ. But if you look at some of the national numbers, if on any, it doesn't even matter who the candidate is. When you have an election, about forty-eight percent are going to vote Democrat, no matter what. About forty-five is going to vote Republican, no matter what. That leaves a very small number, five to eight percent, somewhere in the middle, that will decide the election. Do you sure. think those numbers are accurate? And, I think so. And, and why Trump had a problem with those numbers in this last election, because a lot of them were female, a lot of them were suburban, and they thought that he acted like a bully and they just wouldn't vote for him. It didn't matter how good the economy was, because I don't think they understood how bad it could get. Sure. So I call these people, the, the, the voters you're talking about, I call them the pumpkin spice mafia. OK, <laughs> these are the suburban. They've got bachelor's degrees. They, they drive Audis. They've got their Pelotons. And I'm look, I'm near the swamp here. I have to take a formaldehyde bath every day because of it. Oh, wow. And I'll tell you, I see them. You know, I see them riding around. Some of them live in the whitest neighborhoods in America. They've got their their, you know, love is love. Black Lives Matter flags, you know, more power to them, I guess. But I'm in Virginia. And now let's Young, take power from them, please. Yeah. But go yeah. ahead. Well, yeah, Glenn Youngkin was able to. Here's the thing. What and Youngkin, look, he's not lighting the world on fire, you know, um, but, you know, he's got the power of the fleece vest. Uh, but he was able to flip about eight percent in Virginia from Biden to himself right. in nine months, 11 months. And a lot of them are the people you're talking about. There is a handful of people that really disliked Hillary Clinton. Yes. And they're women. They were women. Um, people underestimate how disliked she was, you know, because these same people voted against her, but for Biden. Um, Trump was new. You know, he hadn't said as much crazy stuff yet, like you were just referencing. Some of it is hilarious and wonderful. And we're media guys, so we chuckle. Yeah. But, you know, it's not just about us. You know, we can host all the shows in the world and write yeah. all the books in the world. Yeah. Yeah. But it's really about the folks. And. You know, some of these people, especially with COVID, they're hit with COVID. They're hit with a financial crisis. I mean, I, I call it like you got a financial tyranny, you got a cultural tyranny, and you've got this medical tyranny that was sweeping through the country from China. And, you know, people were looking for normalcy. So maybe they thought, you know, vote for grandpa. We knew him. He was Obama's, you know, 
vice president, we'll go back to normal. Now, obviously, that hasn't happened. But that is the group. And what's interesting about that group, um, this, you know, five to eight percent independents, right of center, left of center people, they, they their, their votes really only matter, not only their group, but their group in specific states. So Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, um, Ohio and Florida seem to be trending red. And in a scary way, guys, Georgia and Arizona seem to be trending the other direction. Right. People always talk about flipping the South or we're going to flip Texas, which is insane. They're never going to flip Texas. But guys, they don't need Texas. If they, if they can flip Arizona and Georgia, they don't need Ohio and Florida. If you're talking about the Electoral College, right. I remember when Bush won in 04, there was all this talk. Uh, you know, no Republican has lost and won both Ohio and Florida ever. Well, that just happened. That just happened in 2020. All things being equal, and you assume that the election um, was straight was up. fair, was yeah. fair, and I'm not going to wink at your camera. I'll let the audience wink back at me. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, the reality is that no one had done that, but they just did it. They just did it because they were able to get the votes, that the electoral votes they needed from Georgia and Arizona. So, you know, they don't need to flip Texas. They don't need Florida and Ohio anymore. So math is not in our favor, and you need to bring something different to the table to get those middle voters. You have to get them. Or you you have to have someone so incompetent, um, so, you know, depraved and corrupt and, you know, falling down. We may be there. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I call call Joe Biden the reanimated corpse, the leader of the Woking Dead, right? He's just, you know, he shuffles about with Geppetto, you know, the deep state Geppetto above his head. He's like a meat puppet. But I will tell you, you know, can, can will people vote against him and for Trump again? They might say, well, look, we could vote for Trump. You know, he can only run. He can only be president for four more years. Maybe we'll vote for Trump. But I think, you know, there are whispers out there that, you know, maybe if Trump puts someone on the ticket, they can get the voters you're talking about, the moderates, the libertarians, the independents or Imagine this. Um, what about a unity ticket? What if Trump were to make RFK Jr. his running mate? Uh, now, does that scare more people than it brings to the table? I mean, RFK Jr. is pulling in about almost 30 percent of Democrats. Would they travel to Trump the way some of the Bernie Sanders people did in, in 2016? I mean, I, we have some numbers on that. They hated Hillary. They thought the DNC was rigged which it was, <laughs> we found out later. Yeah. Super delegates. Told us, Super right? delegates. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So, I mean, look, all these balls are in the air. We'll have to see what happens. But th- these things are all possible. Trump and RFK Jr. have been sending each other love letters, you know, and I don't know, you know, whether it means anything, but uh, it, it certainly, if Biden de- doesn't debate him, that could hurt him big time. We'll come back more with A.J. Rice when Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, continues. Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, A.J. Rice is our guest. The Woking Dead is the book, How Society's Vogue Virus Destroys Our Culture. And you lay that out quite well, and we've discussed um, uh, already some of this. But one of the things that that, uh, you you said you wanted to accomplish with the book, and I love that the chapters are little vignettes and you kind of get right to it, you're not just pointing to the problem. You're actually saying in this book, these are the steps we need to take 
to combat it. Because what the left has successfully done is take, take debate of ideology off the table. You can be convicted with your ideology and say, I really think this makes sense logically. You know what they'll say? But that ideology is evil. <laughs> uh, you, you're evil to even believe that. You're evil to even say that. You're evil. You're not really discussing ideology. This is good versus evil. We're good and you're evil. And and you walk through some of the things. We, we're going to have to stand up and be willing to take some heat because I think one of the things that's most misunderstood about bullies, and, and we've had it happen here on the show, if you'll stand up against them and they see that they can't get you rattled and they can't get you off of your narrative, they really don't know what to do. That's true. And the scariest part is, of course, when this goes from being, you know, I call them the digital brown shirts. They want to deplatform and demonetize. Oh, yeah. They come after shows. They get you booted off, you know, everything from Patreon to LinkedIn, right? You can't even earn a living. I mean, I've got clients, you know, galore. You've talked to some of them. That, that happens to them. Oh, sure. Um, the scary part, I mean, w- whether you're talking about Dave Chappelle telling a certain type of joke, whether it's Brett Kavanaugh having a certain uh, legal doctrine that he follows, or whether it's, you know, someone like Salman Rushdie, who is by no means a man of the right, and neither is Dave Chappelle. He's a Democrat, you know, from Washington, D.C. Um, you know, he wrote a book 30 years ago, uh, Salman Rushdie, that was critical of Islam, kind of mm-hmm. poked fun at Muhammad, um, you know, in a serious way. And they haven't uh, forgotten about it. Like the South, <laughs> the South Park boys did, right? Yeah. But, but you have a situation there where things get physical, because if they can't cancel you digitally, sometimes... The Woking Dead may show up at your house. Yep. They show up at Tucker Carlson's house. They're at, uh, you know, they've shown up at Clarence Thomas's house. So this is what they do. Uh, you know, Chappelle was was on stage in Los Angeles. And because he told some jokes about the trans mafia, uh, someone jumped on stage with a knife and tried to stab him. Right. Um, Salman Rushdie was actually stabbed. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, um, you know, there was a there was a gubernatorial candidate uh, in uh, in New York State um, who had a guy jump on stage with a knife. So, you know, I mean, that's what happens. They will show up. So it's not just doxing where they you know, they give your address out and they somebody may take the next step. Somebody may show up. Um, you know, you have people showing up at certain churches since the Roe v. Wade decision. So cancel culture can get physical. It yep. is scary. Yeah. Um, but it's not new. I mean, people have been getting killed for their opinion for a long time, right? So from from Jesus Christ to Martin Luther King, um, it happens, you know, and it's scary. Um, you know, but you have to fight back. And I, I, one of the things I say, one of the solutions in the book is, you know, keep it, look, don't look to Washington to save you, right? I mean, we can elect Kevin McCarthy a thousand times and maybe we can take back the Senate or maybe we can't. We're going to have a big red wave or we're not. It's all irrelevant. Go local. Get into your borough council meetings. Get into your school board. Because if there is a true insurrection and not the ones that, you know, Liz Cheney and and Adam Schiff were looking for. (laughs) If there is a true insurrection in America, it's an insurrection of parents. It's It's a rebellion of parents. They've had enough. You know, you lock down the country, send all the parents home from work. They decided to open up the textbook 
They found Malcolm X in there 500 times and Thomas Jefferson once. They found, you know, gender queer theory and 1619 Project and anti-racist baby. And I mean, look, your audience knows if you go to Barnes and Noble today and you go to the children's section, it is an it's not Dr. Seuss. It's not Richard Scarry. It's not, you know, one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. It is crazy stuff. Yeah. It's anti-racist baby, trans baby, don't touch my hair. You know, you know, the white people are awful. I mean, it's it's crazy stuff. <laughs> and, you know, it's it they're trying to get them early. So so if there is a true rebellion, you have to fight back that way. And look, you are right. The book is filled with vignettes. You don't have to read it cover to cover. You can hop around kind of like a music album with track listings. But I, look, we try to have some fun, right? Yeah. Isn't yeah. that the definition of comedy is to transform horror into humor? Yeah, so, that's true. You know, my mentors, you know, that I listened to and, and that I was friends with, Andrew Breitbart, Rush Limbaugh. I was Laura Ingram's executive producer for years. I've worked with a lot of stand-up comics over the years. You got to, I mean, Rush used to say, hang a joke on people. <laughs> right. It'll last way longer than if you make some brilliant, right. you know, uh, soliloquy or Aristotelian argument. Right. So hang a joke. on, And that's what made Tucker Carlson so dangerous. That's what makes Gutfeld so dangerous is you 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 flip you flip mode on them. Right. And you you hang a joke on them. You poke fun at them. So, yeah, there's some serious stuff in the book. Um, but, you know, I try to have some fun in the book and 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 laugh, you know, bring some laughs. You know, the very last section of the book is called What Would Joan Rivers Do? You know, my God, if Joan was around to oh. see what what the hell has happened here with the culture. So, yeah, <laughs> we can all say what would Churchill do? What would Reagan do? What would Rush do? What would Rick and Bubba do? And and those are all good things to, to say. But, you know, I think poking fun at the left drives them crazy, especially when they're so lazy, guys. I mean, the You've got this monochromatic late night hosts. They all came out of the boring Gen X white guy aisle of the, <laughs> the grocery store. And, you know, Gutfeld is, is killing them. He's beating them. He's funny. And that's why pod, different podcasts, whether it's you guys or Rogan or whoever, they're killing them. They're killing them. And, you know, we just have to keep it up. We have to keep poking fun at them and, and start to move the goalposts back in our direction. Well, and I think you're right. I think these these hosts you were talking about, there has to be a clever way to educate because you start out saying, I've done this before and I realize how stupid it is if they've got control of the educational system. You go, don't they see that throughout world history that all these things they're doing came from very evil, you know, tyrannical uh, governments and kings and, and rulers, and then you stop and go, well, no, they don't know that because they've taken that out of the educational system so right. that when so when the, the, the young people look at this, they don't know that this has been done before. The, you know, we're sitting here going, this looks so obvious to us. But if you've been indoctrinated and, and, and those things have been removed from you and then replaced with, with uh, revisionist history, how about this? When you see it, you really don't know it. So somebody has to be able to communicate and and reveal the absurdity of some of the things that the woke mob is saying and and some of the things the current state of the Democratic Party are promoting. And that's where these types of and I do agree with you that humor is one of the best ways to do it because you know when reading through your book here with these vignettes, you're learning what you need to learn 
But if you know, if someone just sat down and did a serious monologue with you about this, you you, you may fade, you know, twenty percent into it. Right. You know, so you're getting to it, and you're also making obvious examples of how bizarre it is. Sure, and it's everywhere. It's in our entertainment. It's in our sports. It's in our public schools. And and look, guys, I mean, you've got a generation now. The kids born after after nine eleven, Gen Z, they were born with a smartphone in their hand. They don't really know the difference between. Teddy Roosevelt and, you know, David Duke, they don't. They think they're the same person. As far as they're concerned, you take down Columbus's statue or Lincoln statue or Churchill's or, you know, even crazy stuff like they're taking down statues of Pocahontas. I mean, they don't know the difference. It's just like, who's that? I don't care. They're born, like I said, they were born in the social media era. And, you know, if you look at the last, let's say, six or seven years, you have a bunch of males, Gen Z kids that are coming through middle school and high school. The Me Too movement tells them they all might be a predator. They all need to get taken down a notch. Don't ask, you know, Sally to the prom. Um, you know, you, you know that all the males in the world might be, you know, predators or rapists or something. Sure. You know, you're afraid. You're afraid at work. You won't ask the girl out that stands in line with you every morning at the coffee shop. You're, you have fear because you might be a sexist. I mean, we have a, a Barbie movie out right now, you know, that should have been a fun thing for, for mothers and daughters right. to go to. Yeah. But the thing is, my wife went to it at research, <laughs> right, guys? Right. Yeah. And so, so, you know, and she told me the whole thing is just a, a, a screed against the patriarchy and toxic masculinity. And then you, then you bring, and then, then all of a sudden George Floyd dies. And now we're going to tear down statues and we're all racists and we're we're going we're going backwards in time and forwards in time. I mean, guys, we always knew that it wasn't going to be about just Confederate generals. It's everyone and everything. And they're renaming every school in America, Michelle Obama, you know, elementary. And 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 so now so now we're sexist. We're racist. Covid hits. We're all cooped up. We're locked in. And while we're locked in, they start slow pumping wokeism into us. They're changing Disney characters, gender. They're changing uh, storybook Hans Christian Andersen characters, skin color. I mean, and some of that's okay. I, you know, I'm not against. You know, I'm not. I'm not on the front porch with Eastwood yet. But, <laughs> but, but, you know, but, but, but I'm, all I'm saying is, you know, give us some, some, some entertainment. I mean, I always say, especially when you're dealing with Disney. What would Walt Disney do? Would he do these things? No, no. And, and when you look at this Barbie movie, they hired someone who hates, obviously, hates Barbie. The idea that Mattel, a toy company, would allow this and Warner Brothers would do it, obviously. Um, and, and so that's how they get the culture. It's incremental. It's incremental. And if you want to know why Gen Z is as messed up as they are, you have all these things. You have gender things and race things and COVID things. And then and then at the end of the day, they tell them that they can be whatever gender that they want to be. <laughs> you know, a boy on Tuesday and a girl on Wednesday. And they let, you know, men pitch in softball and play against them and swim against them. And they're sending them into the locker rooms with them. If So if you want to know why the young people are confused, this is why, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back and wrap it up with A.J. Rice. When Rick and Bubba University, the podcast continues. So, A.J., we, we've got probably about seven minutes, maybe a little less. I do want to hit you. You mentioned in, in your list of things that are wrong out there. I love the vignette in here. When <laughs> You're going to love this, Bubba. You're saying, look, if we're going to let biological men 
compete against women, then we have to let biological females get juiced. We got to give them steroids. I mean, that's right. it, it's only, there's only hope they got. If they're taking hormones, why can't our people take hormones? Why can't they take uh, human growth hormone? Or why can't they take, why can't they juice? I mean, let them juice. You know, you, you have to I mean, look, if you're going to allow this, then you got to even the playing field. I mean, well, you know, I mean, look, I'm being, I'm having some fun with you that. Sure, you sure. are, but, but you know what you're doing? You're pointing at how absurd this is. Yeah. I mean, we even have Caitlyn Jenner, of all people, saying, oh, yeah, there's no way a biological male could compete with a female. That That's somebody yeah, that they crazy. least, but what do they do? They demonize? Now, 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 now Jenner can't say that. Correct. Now, you, yeah, you, they, they, they hunted her down. I mean, you, you know, one of the oddest things about this to me is on this topic, they tell us that genitalia does not decide what gender you are. Unbelievable. But somehow, if you surgically remove them or add them, it fixes the problem. That's such a good point. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. No, I mean, look, and that's why, you know, you can have someone on the Supreme Court that can't define in a Senate hearing to Marsha Blackburn, what a, what a woman is. Right. That was precious. Uh, and at the same time, you know, march in the streets and, and have gender, uh, you know, LGBT pride month at the white house where Joe Biden, Joe Biden's doing, you know, pictures with, with men with, uh, that wear bras. So I, you know, well, it's never it's, enough. And I, and I think, and you talk about it too. I think the thing is most, most misunderstood you're never going to appease them. No. Never. It's never enough. You know, just like you said, it started out going, okay, well, I guess we could make a concession there. And before you know it, you're like, how did we end up here? So, some of the wokeness, AJ, is so bizarre. I don't even know if they know what they're doing. It's almost like right. they're just totally confused and just disruptive. I mean, it's like they don't even have a plan. I mean, I agree. I mean, you know, back back when I was, you know, producing shows, I mean, Ingram, I joke with Ingram about it. You know, we used to we critique this book. Tommy has two mommies. Now, this is 15 <laughs> years ago. And now Tommy doesn't just have two mommies. Tommy's got two daddies, two mommies. Tommy, Tommy has become Sally, uh, you know, and, and maybe Tommy again by Friday. If she's, you know, Sally on Wednesday. So, I mean, this is where we're at. And, and you know, if, if you wonder why the young people don't know how to be authentically, you know, human, it's because of things like this. They're completely twisted up through this kaleidoscope of wokeism. Can you imagine what their world is like uh, around? And and that's I what, weep they didn't grow up in the eighties like we did. Right. Well, the greatest it, decade mankind I, I has ever feel, seen. I even feel bad for yep. AJ. You yep. know, AJ. Missed well, I remember it. a VCR and a pager. So, <laughs> <laughs> AJ, I mean, quick, quick, quick question: Who do yeah. you think will be the next president? How do you see that playing out? I think if. Trump can can hone his message, do less cable news hits and, and go to the people more. And he needs to give us a game changing vice president because he's term limited out if he wins again. He'll only be the second president in history to serve terms that weren't consecutive. But if he thinks outside the box, if he picks, dare I say, a Democrat like RFK or maybe an independent figure that can bring in some of the people that we've talked about today, either either Democrats that are disaffected or independents. You know, um, I, I you know Tim Scott I like, um, but he needs someone that complements his message, but somebody that's basically going to inherit what he delivers. If he could do, if he could create a unity ticket, which we haven't seen probably since the 19th century, with a Republican and a Democrat together. 
I think the establishment and the media will lose their minds. And that is something that could that could definitely happen. So I think Trump can win. I think Biden is corrupt. I think the media is starting to cover it finally with the sun and Burisma and so on. China ties, Ukraine stuff. I think he can pull it off if anybody can. Look, Trump is at his best when he is down, when he's down and out. But he's got to button up the message, get back to basics, channel some of that old magic from 2016 and get get somebody on the ticket with him that, that, that he doesn't have to pull knives out of his back and it isn't a drag and, and, and actually delivers a constituency. Because Mike Pence, Mike Pence really didn't deliver anything other than kind of got Paul Ryan and some of the establishment to stop critiquing him. He doesn't they're they're lost. You got to go get someone else. And I'm telling you. Get Democrats. There are Southern Democrats, Western Democrats. They're not down with Biden. They thought they were going to get back to normal. They didn't. So you heard it here. I think Trump can win. And I think there's a, you know, there's a good chance he could be the next president and make history. Well, AJ, uh, I, I, I appreciate all the work you, you, you've you been doing. We appreciate your energy too, yeah, AJ. Yeah. And, and, and now doing, and, and, and of course, you know, with us being involved with Blaze TV, uh, and of course you, you play a giant role there as well. And uh, we're just, uh, we got a lot more. We've done some work together, but there, there's more to come. So uh, the Woking Dead, I guess, available anywhere, or where would you prefer them to go to get it? Yeah, absolutely. Amazon, you know, it's always good to go to Amazon. I think they're, you know, they're having a fire sale. I've got a few a few left, and I'm selling out of the back of an old Oldsmobile on 95. But, uh, <laughs> no, you can go any, you, you, you can go anywhere. You can get you know, Barnes & Noble, Books a Million. They all have it. Um, Simon & Schuster's website will direct you. Yeah. Uh, Postal Press, anywhere books are sold, really. Well, I'll tell you where you won't find it, in the children's section. It's not there. That's right. Yeah, yeah. AJ, we want you to keep up the good fight, sir. Gentlemen, you guys are patriots. It's really an honor to be interviewed by some broadcasting legends. You know, I mean, I this is right up there. I'm telling you. I was I was on not long ago with the late Jim Bohannon. Oh, wow. I'm telling you, this, is, this really was a pleasure. You guys keep fighting. I want to come visit you in person down there. Yeah, we'd love to have you come down and uh, and be on the show here in the studio on the big show during the week, and and we can kind we're of we're more fun in person. Yeah, say, yeah, uh, we're more fun in person. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to really capture the beauty on Zoom. <laughs> as long as you, as long as you'll have a Yankee that dresses like uh, Johnny Cash, we'll be fine. <laughs> well, look, the Johnny Cash was the turning point. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the Yankee part we'll have to work on, but but as far as right. as far as well, the, I'm, ma- I'm married to a Southern uh, girl from North Carolina, so oh, okay, well then you're fine. That so, clears it up. Soul. Yeah, you're yeah. all good now. Uh, AJ right. Rice, thank you. The Woking Dead available wherever you get books. How Society's Vogue Virus destroys our culture. Uh, it is a great read. It's also, even though it's humorous, it's also very helpful. So pick it up wherever books are sold. Thank you, AJ Rice, and thanks to each of every one of you for joining us, Bubba, on this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast.